International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast uh, is back again and um, this time we have a big uh, box of uh, candy in the news uh, section uh, not all of them are uh, tasting sweet. Uh, maybe some are a bit uh, salty also. Uh, or what do you think, uh, Ivo? Well, I think uh, today we're not only bringing good news, we're also bringing some, uh, some bad news uh, so, and some surprising news. Uh, but we will come to that later. Uh, but yeah, this episode, we are getting close to Christmas. So today we're actually not going to talk anything about anything that has been happening in the forest, uh, we will just give you a, a, a nice package of uh, a lot of news. Yeah, and uh, we can start with um, the selection of the national team in uh, Great Britain. Uh, they have uh, yeah, lots of uh, people uh, included or close to uh, the national team or in a squad around. And that that's maybe important to have a uh, lot of... Uh, uh, there will be uh, quite many who are eager to participate on home soil this summer. So maybe that's a good solution. Yeah, uh, definitely. With the world champs in, coming up in Scotland this summer, uh, Great Britain is, of course, a very interesting national team to follow uh, in the coming months. And I think the uh, yeah, I think the selection of the squad gives the impression that yeah, we are we are taking these world champs very serious. We want to give a lot of people the chance. Uh, so it's quite a big, it's a really big squad, and it's of course split in many different groups. Uh, but like the the biggest or the highest highest group up is the in the system is the performance squad, uh, where there is nine men and six women. Uh, I mean, here we have all the the ones you would expect to be: uh, Megan Porter Davis, Ralph Street, uh, Charlotte Ward, uh, so on. Uh, I was very happy to see that Chris Jones is there because that means that uh, he is going for the for the for the world champs in Scotland, uh, I was a little bit worried. Uh, I feel like the last few years, or he's been very very heavy focused uh, on the running, uh, track running, road running, and uh, and trail running. So I was a little bit scared that maybe maybe you know he could be thinking, ah, could the Olympics marathon be within range, uh, for example? Uh, but yeah, as he's part of the performance squad here, I I assume that means he's going 100% in for for the for the world championship and i think that's uh, extremely important for for the british team uh, because if they're going to to win a medal uh, in the sprint relay or maybe even challenge sweden and switzerland for the gold medal they definitely need chris jones in the team uh about that uh, there is a podcast out from iof um, interviewing ralph street about uh, this and uh, yeah the dream is definitely for uh, great britain to uh, picked down uh, Sweden uh, in the gold medal race there in the uh, mixed sprint relay. And I don't think it's impossible at all. Uh, I mean, in Ralph Street and Chris Jones, uh, you have two men that definitely can be matching Sweden and Switzerland on the two men's leg, maybe even be the fastest men's, uh, fastest team on the two men's leg. Uh, Megan Clark Davis is the reigning world champion in sprint. Of course, it will be very hard to beat two head to head. But if she can go, if if the if the three other can give her a gap, I think she has, he, she is the one that has the highest chance to to beat Tuve. Uh, and yeah, so the question is like, who who will be running the first leg? Uh, I would say that as it seems now and how it's been looking the last few years, Charlotte Ward should be the best option. Uh, she's been in the top ten at World Champs herself in the individual sprint race, so she has very very high level. But there are some young girls that can challenge her, uh, for example, uh, Grace Malloy and uh, maybe Fiona Bunn and some other options. So it will be interesting to see. A lot of things can happen in those seven months until the World Champs. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the, the British team will be one of the favorites uh, at the start line of the mixed sprint relay. Uh, and, uh, but there is also interesting uh, names in the development squad here. Yeah, so the development squad is from age 19. So there are juniors, but also elite runners. And it's a quite big squad. Uh, it's 26 or 13 men and 13 women. And when I was just scrolling through the list of names, I, 
I almost choked on my on my on my on my tea uh, because uh, I saw a new name there, uh, the Swedish Simon Harden or Simon Harden, uh, as his British name would be, I guess, uh, because that's a name I've been, yeah, I've been seeing in results list in Sweden for for many years. Uh, he was a very very good junior like five years ago. Uh, he's been winning Swedish junior championship, and yeah, I mean at the elite level he hasn't made a big step up uh, individually, but. He's been running some very good relay legs for Iko Hoppe in the big relays to Milayukula. So he is a good runner and he's only 23. Uh, and I didn't know that he had um, had British uh, British passport, uh, but apparently he does. So that's a new inquisition for uh, for the British team. And I, yeah, I, I think he would be. I think we will see him definitely in the in the autumn season in the yeah, European Championship and in the Forest World Cup. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's good enough in the forest to 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 get into the British team in the to the World Cups and so on. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, yeah for the World Champs that is coming up, I I, I don't think he will be there. Uh, but uh, for the Forest World Championship in Finland in one and a half year, I, I think he can be a strong candidate for the British team there. Yeah, that's at least a really interesting uh, name there. Who can be in the mix for the for the team there? Yeah, and we've seen. Uh, um, yeah, the last few years there's been a lot of runners from, from for example, from Switzerland that has been running, uh, yeah, World Championship and so on for for other countries. Uh, we've seen uh, the Norwegian Vegard Yaris Vestigo. He's got a Canadian passport. He's running for Canada. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's not really a surprise that there is there is good orienteers out there that has a second passport uh, that yeah not a lot of people knows about, and then suddenly they show up in the in a new national team. Um, uh, should we also mention that talent uh, wildcard athletes and talent squad are also uh, part of the structure here in Great Britain? Yeah, so the structure is really big. So in total, there is 15 man, uh, runners in the performance squad. There's 26 runners in the development squad. Uh, there was a number of athletes with these kind of wildcard status, which means they can go to some squad activities and they are they have ambitions for the international championship, but they are not fully a part of the squad. I think it was 12, 13 runners. And then there's this talent squad, uh, which is more like the regional squad. Uh, so it's from the youths and juniors, eight, 15 to 18, where there's 55 athletes in the three regional teams, Scotland, North and South. Uh, so basically the full yeah, Great Britain national team selection, it's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not so good at maths, but 15 plus 26 plus 12 plus 55, that's a, that's a, that's a big number. Uh, yeah, but as we mentioned, uh, it, it's uh, always good to have uh, lots of persons uh, get the opportunity to train uh, good and relevant uh, in front of a home uh, soil uh, world champs. Definitely, and also in the long-term development, it's uh, it's very important that, uh, that yeah that you don't have a very short-minded focus only at the upcoming world championship at home ground. Uh, it, those runners that are those fifty-five runners in the talent squad. Uh, those will be the the core of the world championship team next time it's a world championship in Britain in 10 15 years time will probably come from that core uh, of runners so uh, you always need to to look uh, yeah far down the line and not only focus on the on the small small elite squad uh, from uh, Great Britain national team selection we can uh, jump to the Australian national team selection yeah, uh, jumping all around the world, uh, far down under. Uh, we've seen the news of the yeah, Australian national squad for 2024. Uh, they have also a structure with the high performance squad, uh, which is yeah, four girls and six men, where, of course, Aston Key is the biggest name. Uh, but there are some, yeah, some interesting uh, other runners in the team. For example, the young sprint specialist Nia Shingler. Uh, she's been doing pretty good in in some races this year uh, and she is definitely one to watch out for in the future if things go if the development goes the right way um, and also they have a national development squad that is it's quite big with uh, 10 12 men and 10 12 women uh, I think most of them are juniors uh, but also some elite runners so yeah also here in Australia there's a, a list with a lot of names uh, but yeah, I think as the British team uh, don't have that much uh, 
yeah it, it, the, the national team program isn't that big for the british team uh, and i'm not sure if it's that big for the australian team if you compare it with for example the swiss team the norwegian team finnish team and so on with a lot of training camps and uh, and stuff uh, so i think being in the national team here is probably a little bit else than than what we are used to when thinking about being in the national team um so yeah uh, but it's it's good to see that uh, i i i'm always appreciating the these national team selections because it gives us a, a very good picture of which runners are are still running next year um so for example it, it's always good to see some of the older names uh, being in the list because then you know that they're they're coming for the international events also next year yeah, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, Chris Jones is coming back to the international events after a year with uh, mainly focus on uh, running without uh, map. Uh, but uh, that uh, that was uh, uh, a bit sweet news, and uh, then it's not uh, yeah not so good tasting news. Uh, some runners we will not see in the international level next uh, season. Yeah, uh, and this one we can start with the first one. That's a that's a was a big big surprise to me. Uh, we got a, we got a Instagram DM from one of our listeners from the other side of the world, uh, from Hong Kong, uh, sent me an, uh, a a link to the website of the Hong Kong Orienteering Federation, where they announced the new head coaches of the Hong Kong elite team. Uh, and there was a, a very familiar name uh, in Riccardo Scalia, the Italian, uh, yeah, best known for 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 the third place at the World Cup in Italy two years ago. He has a medal from Jaywalk back in the days, and he's been one of the guys that have been posting good, solid results at the international events the last five five six years. Uh, and now he showed up here, and then uh, you you contacted him to ask what's what's this about, and then he also came with a. Uh, a surprise information and what's that surprise information yeah that uh, this was a long uh, long term uh, decision he has uh, he that he would end his uh, elite career uh, this uh, this year and uh, with the uh, yeah europeans and uh, home soil if that uh, that's what you mean yes so and you also got a small interview with him so i guess we can we can listen to that yeah, we listen to what Ricardo has to say. Even National Orienteering Podcast has uh, reached out to <coughs> Ricardo Scalett, and uh, uh, there are some interesting uh, news about you, Ricardo. We are heard rumors that you will uh, retire as a uh, top athlete. Is uh, is it something that you can uh, confirm? Uh, yes, thank you for for having me first, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can confirm the the rumors. So, <clears throat> 2023 will be my uh, w- was my last season as a professional orienteer. So, uh, yeah, it was already in my mind since uh, a long time. Like it, this has already been the plan. So, not many knew about it, but uh, deep in myself, I knew that uh, I would have ended with uh, with the championships on on home soil. Uh, but uh, there is also already uh, on the calendar some uh, more races in Italy in a big uh, national, no international events. Uh, so you still want to step away already as a 27-year-old? <clears throat> yeah, that's true. There are still quite many events in Italy. Actually, it will be World Cup and Walk in 26. But um, yeah, I, fe- I, I already always felt like uh, I need to change a little bit the challenges that I put myself through it. And now it has been really, uh, I've been doing orienteering for really, really a long time. And I feel like I really need something more uh, in my life rather than that. So uh, yeah, that's why I decided already years ago that 2023 would have been my my last year. Then of, of course, if I knew that already back then that uh, walk 26 were in Italy, maybe I could have uh, <clears throat> postponed it, but uh, yeah, I, I'm happy with with my choice, and I feel like uh, since I retire quite er- quite early, I can do other things, and I still have many many years ahead of me for uh, for new things. But uh, will you still uh, be a part of orienteering? 
yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, orienteering has given me really a lot. Uh, I've been doing it since uh, since I was very little, so it's it's normal for me to um, <clears throat> to contribute also to orienteering in a way. So. Uh, of course, I will not disappear from from the orienteering world. I will still come to to the races, but of course, my uh, my fitness and my my training level will not be the same as before. So uh, I will not be competing at uh, Yukola or Tiomila or or anything that uh, that really requires some some kind of preparation or or training. But uh, you will uh, be out in the forest for uh, some some uh, times uh, each week and. Uh... Maybe, baby, if uh, you will feel the motivation again, maybe we will see you again in the racing suit. Yeah, of course, it's it's hard for me to, to step away from the forest, especially that I, I live really close to, to really huge maps. So uh, there's really nothing that gives me the same emotion that uh, that running in the forest with the map. So I, I will still doing it, uh, of course, a lot. But uh, being a top athlete in orienteering means really a lot of other commitments and sacrifices and motivation. And I feel like as for now, I I don't have the same motivation as the other years. So uh, I feel it's the right choice to to step away. And and of course, I will follow uh, the orienteering word from uh, from side. It's uh, the biggest achievement you look back on uh, after this retirement. Is it uh, uh, a bit more than two years ago in Italy when you were at the uh, medal position there in the World Cup at the home soil? Is that the sweetest, <clears throat> sweetest yeah. moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the uh, one of the nicest memory I have. But then, yeah, there are like... When you run, you you only think that the results will bring you like the biggest emotions, the biggest joys. So, of course, like if I look back now, I can say, uh, yeah, the World Cup in Italy were great. But uh, also, this I think the the relay in in Switzerland last year, I was really happy, probably even more because we we sh- we proved that uh, it was not just me as an Italian runner, but the whole team really was running really well and, and it, it was a really good sign for the whole uh, Italian orienteering movement. So that's really something that I hope I I contributed with uh, to show that that you can do it even if you come from Italy, if you, if you come from a small nation, you still have uh, chances to, to compete with the best, uh, but you you only need to, to work hard and, and believe in, in yourself. Yeah, that was uh, really impressive and uh, must have been a really amazing feeling. But where where do you get those feelings nowadays? You have been uh, some months uh, now as a at- retired athlete. Uh, what do you do uh, your to fill your days now? Then, yeah, I, I I still train. I what what I like now that I it's really that I can train as much as I want. So I don't need to follow any any plan, any schedule, or uh, I don't need to do intervals or something that uh, that before for me was quite kind of boring training. Now I can only be in the mountains for hours every day and just really, uh, yeah, just really enjoy my training much more than, than how I was doing before, I feel like. Yeah, and uh, outdoor life and outdoor training. Yeah, it's uh, quite uh, quite uh, sad to see you step away, uh, but uh, of course we understand your decisions, and uh, yeah, it will be be interesting to see what you will be up to next. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Ricardo. Yeah, thank you for for having me. It was uh, Ricardo there uh, telling about his uh, decision. Um, and uh, I thought it was uh, quite nice to hear that he he evaluated the uh, uh, success with the relay team in Switzerland uh, a bit more than one year ago in the World Cup relay there in Davos as uh, a really good experience uh, with the team. Yeah, and uh, I think that was maybe one of his his best races as well. Yeah, I mean he he was number three in the World Cup home in Italy, which was a fantastic race and a great achievement for him. Uh, but in this relay uh, in Davos in 2022, he was extremely fast and he ran the second leg and he yeah, he started out two minutes behind and he was the fastest on the leg, catching runners like uh, Kasper Fosser, Emil Svensk and so on. 
and, and Italy got the fifth place in that relay, which was uh, an incredible result for them. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I thought that this fifth place was going to be be the first step. And now Italy really have a is going to have a team that uh, can be counted for in the in the championships upcoming. You know, in, here in this team, it was uh, Francesco Mariani, the junior world champion in sprint uh, some years ago. He was running the first leg. Ricardo Scalé was running the second. And then Mattia Debeterlis, he ran a good last leg here. Um, but I was thinking that, yeah, they have some other young guys coming up. So in the future, maybe even better team than this can be on the start line. Uh, but yeah, of course, with uh, Ricardo Scalé retiring now at the age of 27 only, uh, that's a huge, huge blow for Italy's chances internationally in the coming years, uh, both individually and in the relays. Uh, and but it's yeah, it's uh, it's not the only blow for Italian orienteering because uh, we've also heard that uh, Ilian Angeli, uh, the junior, uh, or last year he won a medal at the Jaywalk. This year is first year in elite uh, elite class. He hasn't been seen very much and now this autumn last week or something like that he he decided that he's uh, retiring from international orienteering age 21 uh very very surprising uh i mean this is a guy that we had very very high uh, hopes for in the future uh yeah he got the bronze medal in the sprint at junior world champs last year he was two times in the top six in the middle and the long he was also in the top six uh, at jaywalk the year before uh, definitely one of the best juniors in the last few years and a guy that uh, yeah could have the potential to become a really really good elite runner at elite level uh, and now it's uh, now it's over already yeah that's uh, that's quite uh, a pity i i mean uh, uh, both him and ricardo are so young still that they can uh, make a quite successive uh, comeback but uh, yeah it's quite um... Quite pity for international orienteering also that we are losing such uh, talented uh, guys as Ilian Angeli uh, so early. Yeah, and but also with Scalé, I mean he's 27. Uh, he's been, yeah. It seems like his uh, development have been pretty good in the last. Yeah, of course in 2021 he had the peak of his career with the third place in 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 the World Cup in Italy. But I mean the last few years he's been running good. And he's been established at the high level. One of the guy you often see in the top 20 at the World Champs and so on. Um, and yeah, there is a World Championship in in Italy coming up in two and a half years' time, uh, which I would have thought would have been uh, great goals for both of these. Uh, but yeah, uh, life isn't always straightforward, and uh, yeah, there is there is more in life than orienteering, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Um, but more about orienteering here. Um, we can uh, continue with the silly season news. Yeah, and we there has been quite a lot of interesting stuff going on since we since we recorded our last episode. Uh, and yeah, in the last episode we talked with uh, Jakob Shalupski, uh, where he could tell us that he's going to Tampereen the next year. And it didn't take long before Tampere announced a few more runners, uh, two juniors or young guys. Uh, the first, uh, Loic Berger from Switzerland. Uh, he's yeah, he did his first year in junior class this year. Uh, he's the son of Alan Berger, uh, former former superstar back in the nineties, uh, and the younger brother of Ines Berger, which was uh, yeah, won a diploma at Jaywalk this year. Uh, he's one of the most promising runners in in Switzerland uh, among the juniors. So definitely a guy you want to have in your team the next fifteen years. Uh, extremely strong physical. Uh, but and yeah, if they if they if Tampere can teach him how to do safe and fast orienteering in Scandinavia, uh, he's going to be become a core uh, in this team for the for the next fifteen team fifteen years. Uh, you mentioned his father. He was running in a Norwegian club, uh, Bekkelagia, back in the days. And uh, and uh, you mentioned also he was uh, he is strong physically. Uh, and his father was uh, the rumor was telling that he was uh, training thousand hours uh, a year a year. And he was also quite strong physically, I think. Yeah, so, and, and and yeah, 
Lloyd Perche, he's not alone going to Tampa Pirinte. Also, another guy that was running junior this year, uh, Severi Simile. Uh, he's coming from Poyanteti. I think he's, he was last year junior this year, so next year is his first year in elite class. Uh, he's not a guy that uh, our international listeners have heard a lot about, I guess, uh, but he's a solid runner. He was top 10 in all the Finnish championship in men 20 this year. Uh, and that means you are a very good all-rounder in tier. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's been a, a great silly season for Tampa Pirinto, uh, with, of course, Jakob Shalupski is the, is the big name, uh, but also, yeah, uh, Severi Simula, Loic Pescher, and also the, um, the, the younger Sosa brother. Uh, it's, it's important for them to get in young guys. We see that uh, in this autumn, two of the big stars in the Tampa Pirinto team, uh, Florian Hovalt and Alex Inimi, they have announced their retirement from international orienteering. And even if we can expect them to see them probably a few more years in the big relays, uh, you want some top, top runners. And I mean, Jakob Shalupski, he is not that far away, reigning world champion, uh, junior world champion in the long distance and already with the top 20 in the World Cup. Uh, and I think, yeah, Severi Simula, he goes into this bracket of solid fins that uh, the Temple Pirante has a lot of, uh, which means that yeah, if they have some guys that can't run and you have to put one of these guys into the first team, uh, they don't get any weaker. Uh, and I think Loic Bersha, he can be, yeah, I mean, he's 17, so we have to be very patient with him. But uh, within four or five years, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is one of the one of the best runners in the team. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then we move to Sweden. Yeah, and here we have seen a lot from uh, IFK Göteborg the last week. Uh, um, first, uh, they put out on their website that uh, Mari Eidsmo is confirmed to go to IFK Göteborg, and that was no surprise. Uh, she's the younger sister of Ova Eidsmo, uh, and she was already entered for IFK Göteborg at Oringen next year, so we kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> then we also saw that uh, Elias Jonsson is going from Entenui to IFK Göteborg. Also, not a big surprise. Uh, I think we've spoken about him going there uh, some weeks ago, uh, and now it's confirmed. Uh, and I mean, Elias Jonsson, this year he was running last leg for Anthony, which was winning Tiumila. Uh, he's one of the one of the best starting tiers from Norway. Uh, and yeah, he will be a strong addition to the EF Göteborg team if he's available. I mean, he's a massive talent, uh, but a big problem has been injuries for him so it always feels like it's 50 50 if he can run or not uh, so uh, but yeah if he can run uh, he will be a very strong addition to an already very strong if we team um, and then we also saw some yeah, some younger swedish guy uh, ludwig ek changing from new shopping to if uh, this is one of those guys that there is there's a lot of swedes like him uh, guys don't really stick out, but uh, they are very, very solid. And I mean, Ludwig Ek, he was, uh, I think he was in the top 30, basically every Swedish league this spring. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he won the first leg at uh, the Swedish champs relay in the autumn. Uh, so he's a very good orienteer. Um, but he's also, he's also a bit of a, a funny guy in a way. Uh, I think he's a, partly a wannabe Gustav Bergman. Uh, so, for example, this year at Oringen, uh, there was this uh, fuss about one of the elite runners getting an official warning uh, because uh, yeah, he'd been running in a group with runners and then he had seen some other runners and screamed like, hey, come and, come and run with us. Uh, basically the same as Gustav Bergman did in, yeah, I don't remember which year, 2018, 2019 or something like that, uh, where... Uh, my brother, Olav Lundanes, after the finish, was so pissed with Gustav that he, he threw some gravel or some sand in his face. Uh, so yeah, Ludwig Ek was the guy with the Oringen with the, with the warning. Uh, so I hope that yeah, now that he goes to IFK Göteborgen, he's in a serious club. Uh, someone there can, can, yeah, can teach him that uh, you do orienteering quietly and you don't tell people to run with you. Uh, he, he is also son of his father. Uh, his father... Per Ek, he actually won Oringen one year. And then uh, the same year, uh, Ragnel Bante Andersen won in the women's class. And this was the day before, uh, days before uh, selfies. So they, the best runners, they wrote 
autographs. And uh, Ragnhild Bant Andersen, she was uh, so, uh, she was uh, jealous of Per Ek because she had to write so long name. Aha. Per Ek. <laughs> yeah, Per Ek, uh, that's, a, that's a very quick name to write. But yeah, I mean, uh, Elias Jonsson, if he's fit, he's definitely going into IFK Göteborg's first team. And I think that Ludvig Ek also is going to go into the team next year, especially at Timila. Jokola might be harder. Uh, but I mean, he's a, he's a very good runner, uh, technically solid. Uh, I think he's pretty good night drawing tier as well. Uh, I mean, at Timila next year, you don't need that many night drawing tiers uh, in the team. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think both of them are very strong additions to IF Göteborg. And also, it's important to get in new younger guys. Uh, we saw, for example, this year at Timila, IF Göteborg had to pick in uh, Jonas Pilbla in the team. And Jonas Pilda is still a very good orienteer, but he is, he's getting old. And I mean, Ludwig Ek, for example, would have been much, much better uh, in such a role. Uh, so I think this is two, two very good transfers for Yves Göteborg. Uh, and then uh, there is a uh, runner uh, also leaving uh, Tampa and Pirenta. Yeah, uh, on the women's side, uh, Sofia Pellampere is going from Tampa Pirenta to Calvarasti. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't think she's been running in the first team for Tampere Pirante the last few years. She's been in the second team or something like that. And I don't think she will go into the first team of Kalamarast either. Uh, but yeah, she's a pretty young or uh, young elite runner. So, you know, in, these, in this age, suddenly you can make a big step. And, uh, and we will have to wait to see when the spring results are coming in. And then uh, we have a uh, section about... Uh... Turun Metzenkeviet, the Boy Scouts from uh, Turun. Yeah, and this is some pretty big news. Uh, Ruslan Glebov, uh, the last few years he's been running, uh, yeah, he's been running Tiumila for Ravinen and all the races in Sweden for Uko Ravinen and then all the races for Finland, like Jukola for Turun Metzenkeviet. Uh, and now, next year, he will be all in Turun Metzenkeviet, meaning that uh, he will be running Tiumila uh, for Turun Metzenkeviet as well. And I think that's a that's a of course that's a big thing for Tura Metzenkevia. They were in the top ten of Tiumila this year, and Ruslan Glebov is their best runner. So I mean, if he was in the team, they would have, yeah, two plus two is often four, and then they would have been doing better. Um, and also, that's a big big loss for Uko Ravinen. Uh, yeah, after their two second places at Tiumila and Yukola in 2022, uh, last year was a disappointment. Uh, and without Ruslan in the Tiumila team next year, I think it will be very, very hard for them to, to be able to fight for the victory. Um, but yeah, they have, of course, with Gustav Bergman, with uh, the Granqvist brothers, with uh, Erik Herne, with uh, Hannes Mugens and so on, the, the Ravin team is still very, very strong. But losing a guy like Ruslan Glebov is, of course, a big, big loss. And uh, Tour Messenkevit is uh, strengthening up uh, quite a lot. Uh, also, uh, other signings there. Yeah, uh, of course, Ruslan Glebo is very experienced. He's like 36 years old, 36, 35, 36, something like that. And uh, you can't only have old guys in the team. You also need some young and very motivated young guys. Uh, and they've brought in Axel Ivirtan from Kolovan Sonisayat. Uh, he's yeah, in next year is going to be his second year in the elite class. Uh, he didn't make any big results this year. Uh, some some decent results in the autumn. Uh, but yeah, he has a silver medal from the Junior World Championship in Portugal last year in the relay. Um, so he's a he's a promising guy. Uh, and then Tuma also brings back uh, uh, an old legend, uh, the British runner Scott Fraser. Uh, He's been, yeah, it's it's quite a long time since he's been retired internationally. I think the World Champs in 2015 was his last. Uh, but then he was running some years for Tour de Kevin in the relays uh, after that. And then he's been taking a big, big break. And then now he's going to be back uh, running for Tour next year. And yeah, he was he, he did a, he did his comeback already in the VST Liga relay, uh, the, the last, the final race in the VST Liga this autumn where he ran the first leg for two two or two three or something like that and he was in the end of the front pack on the first leg uh, and and i think yeah scott fraser is 
I think he's a year older than Ruslan, so 36, 37. Uh, but if he is training a little bit, I think he will be he will be very fast, and it doesn't take much effort from him to be able to challenge for a spot in the Tourmetsinkevi first team at Tumila, for example, uh, when you need 10 guys. And I think the yeah the the change in the format with three day legs in the beginning of the relay that should suit uh, the comeback for Scott Fraser. So hopefully we will see him in the first team. And uh, in Denmark, uh, we talked about Farantisville some uh, weeks ago when they had got this five years project with uh, lots of money in it and uh, things starting happening there. Yeah, uh, so last week we sp- said that uh, we've heard that uh, Magnus Devet is going there from Panoris and now we have, uh, yeah, we heard some, we first, it started with some rumors of the Danes from IFK Göteborg going there. Uh, Søren Tranødum, Marius Tranødum, Jakob Steintal, Malte Tjær-Hemmingsen. And then I went a little bit back in the, in the, in the result database at Jukola, which is one of my favorite websites on the internet. Uh, it's so great with all the statistics there. Uh, and then I looked at the last three of those. So Marius Tranødum, Jakob Steintal and Malte Tjær-Hemmingen. Uh, all three of them were running for Farum Tisvild at Jukola in Rovaniemi 2021. Um, where they were running the first three legs uh, for the Farm Tisvilla team that finished in 67th place. Uh, so not a, not a great result back then, uh, but I think those guys are much, much better now. Um, so yeah, we have heard some rumors that uh, Søren Kranadum and these other four, so the other three guys, all of them four from IF Göteborg, were going to go to Farm Tisvilla and then you, as the quality journalist you are, you called CERN to, to get it confirmed. Yeah, we uh, listened to what he uh, had to say to us. Uh, even National Orienteering Podcast has uh, brought the line down to Denmark. Uh, and CERN, Trane Ørum, how are you doing in Denmark these days, CERN? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, loading up for... Uh charging up for next year uh, so uh, uh, I'm I'm uh, enjoying uh, the Christmas spirit right now uh, yeah it's not about Christmas we are uh, calling you right now it's uh, because of some uh, rumors uh, about uh, what's happening in Danish orienteering uh, earlier this autumn we heard that farm uh, will has uh, strengthened their ec- economical uh, muscles and uh, are uh, some rumors telling that there are coming some uh, runners in the men's class uh, to uh, farm this villa am i right there yeah you uh, you've heard the rumors right it's uh, it's true <laughs> so uh, you can uh, tell that uh, you uh, will uh, change to farm this villa for uh, 2024 yeah yeah exactly i uh, i took the decision uh, made the decision quite quite recently, and uh, I'll uh, I'll seek uh, new new challenges in a Danish club. Uh, so uh, that's uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, I've been uh, very happy in uh, EFK, but uh, the uh, the uh, possibility of uh, starting a new strong Danish relay team on the men's side uh, was uh, very tempting and uh, motivating. So. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm uh, really uh, looking forward to starting this uh, new project up. Yeah, well, what was uh, what made you, uh, yeah, make the decision that you will uh, change? Yeah, well, it's it's always kind of been a dream of mine to some sometime down the road uh, do a relay with the Danish team and see uh, see how high up the result list we could get. Um, and I've always pictured it like when I was maybe plus 30 and had some uh, world championship medals in the back uh, that I would uh, <laughs> gather the boys and uh, uh, do a do a relay on uh, uh, Milan Yukola. But then this opportunity came up uh, quite out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, then it just seemed uh, like a fun thing to do. And uh, I would be able to do it with a lot of my good friends from friends from uh, Danish orienteering and also together with my brother and uh, yeah all in all it was just a attempting offer and kind of a once in a lifetime 
uh, opportunity and our ensuring to do it to do it like this. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the thoughts I had. But uh, yeah, it was also hard to leave EFK uh, with the boy when I'm when I'm living there and uh, in Gothenburg and and I was happy in the team. So it was it was kind of a big decision. But uh, I I think I'll uh, have fun and uh, still. Uh, still enjoy life in Gothenburg. Uh, but, um, yeah, for us, we are not elite orient here. Uh, you're talk- talking about uh, your um, your brother also will go uh, and change. And I also heard that, um, yeah, your brother Marius, uh, and also Jakob Steintal and Maltesjär Hemmingsen are also changing to form to Sverige. And together with uh, Magnus de Vett, uh, he's also confirmed... Uh, uh, how does it work when you are changing club? Is it uh, you guys talking together, or uh, do you have a meeting with the club and he is putting up the money on the table? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, we had some talks with the project manager and in the yeah the autumn here, and uh, we kind of laid out the ground rules and uh, told him that if we were to uh, switch club then clubs then it was important for us that the uh level and the uh yeah it, it would be that the level in the team would be high and we had something to fight for in the big relays so uh, and he was very understanding and after that we we took contact to some of the guys that we thought would be interest interested uh in the project and uh um yeah some <laughs> some guys were and uh, then we then we've had some talks and uh, uh trying to to uh figure out how we want it to be and uh, what our goals are and uh, uh yeah what we what we want to achieve as a group uh, so it's been kind of back and forth and uh, uh talking with the project man- manager and talking with the with the Danish uh, engineering guys and uh, trying to uh, together a good team, um, yeah. So uh, that's so that's... no, no. You have a kind of a really good ownership to use that word to the project. Yeah, I feel like uh, that we will be able to uh, to uh, take the project in the in the direction that we want to, and uh, the the group of runners can can form the project uh, in uh, yeah in the way we want to so that's also a big part of it that it's kind of flexible and then we can uh, we can take it as as far as we want to go so uh, yeah I'm, I'm really excited and uh, I think uh, we'll uh, we'll have a lot of fun and hopefully also do do good in the in the relays yeah, you will have a lot of fun and take the project. Uh, but how far can you uh, can you go, and uh, how high in the results? Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, you know right now the project is uh, named uh, Project uh, Twenty Twenty Eight, so it's it's five years at least, um, and uh, uh, it's we we've made it like this, so it so it isn't short term, and like if we don't get any good results this year, then uh, then, then we won't just say screwed and <laughs> switch back to our old clubs. It's it's kind of long perspective. Uh, so uh, I think uh, some years down the line, I, I hope we can fight for the really fun positions. But already this year, I feel like the level is there, and if we perform at our best, we we can at least fight for uh, top ten at Jukola, I would say, and and maybe also the same at at, at Tiumila. Uh, but it it will uh, also take some luck because uh, the the group of runners right now isn't isn't that big. So if we have some injuries or sickness or something like that, then uh, maybe we'll be a bit uh, further down the result list. But I think the level is there, and uh, all the guys are really motivated to to push it uh, and see how far we can go. Yeah, it uh, sounds good and. Uh... At least uh, now you have, uh, yeah, as uh, you're uh, telling that uh, you have seven runners, at least a uh, uh, quite good Jukla team. But uh, how, uh, do you need all the five years to, to beat your former uh, club internationally, IFK Göteborg? 
Uh, I will see if uh, if Casper forgets his uh, Emit uh, on the toilet again. Then then maybe not. But uh, EFK is super strong, and uh, <laughs> we'll see uh, we'll see if we ever get get up to their level. But uh, it's uh, it's hard to say. I think uh, the potential is there, but uh, we uh, <laughs> uh, with a with a finish with Max and Hovard and like that. Uh, there's still there's still some way to go. So we'll see. Yeah, at least it's a really interesting uh, project, and now you are uh, getting some more uh, realistic there and some runners in the squad. So it will be really nice to follow you, uh, yeah, both the uh, coming season and uh, the season after that. Uh, and uh, nice to have uh, heard about uh, the project uh, from you, Son. And uh, of course, good luck uh, with uh, skiing during Christmas in Norway and also the rest of the training towards next season. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Merry the last part to go. I think uh, this is uh, really interesting uh, what uh, Søren is uh, telling here. That they are uh, building up uh, really. And uh, and uh, yeah, uh, he is uh, leaving uh, IFK Göteborg after uh, uh, some years. Uh, yeah, maybe the, the club who has been dominating most the last uh, five years in the big uh, relays. Yeah, or uh, I think EFK's domination first and foremost was uh, before Søren Tarnodem went into the first team. I mean, before COVID, they were winning basically everything. And uh, after, yeah, not that much. Uh, but yeah, they are, of course, uh, one of the big, big teams. And I think for EFK Göteborg as well, that losing these four guys is... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a loss, but it's it's not really a massive loss. Uh, I think Søren Tranudum, of course, is a big big loss. Uh, he's been running in the first team whenever he's been fit the last few years. Uh, but yeah, Marius Tranudum has not been in the first team that much. Uh, Steintal and Hemmingen have not been running in the first team. Um, but yeah, you always want to have depth, and often guy number 12, 13, 14 is is going to be used at Tiumila uh, because of injury and so on. So you always going to to feel that you're losing four guys and especially losing a guy like Søren Karnodum is big for Göteborg. Uh, but yeah, as we said earlier, they already have and some some new guys in, so I think they will be okay. Uh, but yeah, if you're focusing on Farum Tisvilde, uh, I think it's very important that they are being patient and they are not yeah, coming into next season thinking, yeah, we, we are going to, to win Tiumila, we're going to win Jukola, because that would be unrealistic. They have to, uh, they have to build slowly. Um, and I think it's 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 a good move for them. Uh, I think we said first the first episode we talked about Fagrantisvilde. I think we said that it would be extremely important to get Søren Tarnodum because he's the he's the clearly the best Danish runner, and he's like the only Danish runner on the men's side that is actually competing at the uh, at the top 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 international level. Uh, so to to get him would be would be key. And now they got it. So now. They can build a team around him for the next five years until 2028, and it will be interesting to see what they can uh, they can get in uh, for next year. So now we have with Magnus Devet and now these four guys uh, confirmed in. Then we have five new runners. Um, if we if we go back and look at the team from Jukola uh, 2021, where the Wilde were number 67 with three of these guys in the team. Uh, in the team were also the two uh, Falk Weber brothers, Lasse and Jonas. Both of them have been running for Farmersville all the time. I don't think they have been running for other Scandinavian clubs. Uh, in that team were also Oskar Brom Jensen. Uh, now he's been running for Pantley Sandstad, uh, the guy that won a medal at Jaywalk this summer. Uh, and Thijs Munkvet, he's been running for Sävedalen. Uh, I think if Farmersville can get Oskar Brom Jensen, that would also be very very good uh, for them next year uh, i mean yeah his first year elite runner next year but when you have been winning a medal at jaywalk individual uh, then you are a very big talent and you're already a very good runner so you can contribute a lot um but yeah Søren Kranodum is a big star Marius Kranodum is very very good uh Jakob Steintal can be very good at his best i think he w- actually won the fifth leg at Jukola this year uh, so his quality is definitely there, even if he's uh, very unstable and not always performing at that level. Uh, so yeah, uh, now we've got five names down. Um, I think we will get more names uh, yeah, 
in the coming months. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how strong uh, team it's possible to build. Um, I think with these five, we know uh, that these five that is confirmed, and then the two Falk Weber brothers. Uh, I think that's only a team that would take you to yeah top twenty five at Yukola. Uh, so so they need a little bit more. Yeah, still uh, still uh, they need uh, that Kaspar uh, is uh, getting his Emmetag uh, uh, to beat the for Utebog, I think. But uh, they they are building up and uh, getting stronger definitely, and that's really interesting to follow. With more who is uh, signing for them, uh, and uh, and also as Søren said. Uh, this is a five-year project, so they're uh, at least stepping up. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see what what it will come to at the women's side as well. Uh, as far as I know, uh, Mirit Hanodum is not following the two her two brothers to Falkensvilde. I think she will be running for Göteborg also next year. Uh, so, and on the women's side, it's been completely quiet. So. I haven't heard anything. Uh, so hopefully we will uh, we will get this uh, press release from Fagrimtisvilde soon, where we we get to see all the new names. Uh, it's not uh, sure that we can bring all the new names uh, next week, but uh, we can tell for sure that we will be back with a new ex- episode. Yes. So bye bye and enjoy the Christmas spirit. We have a good uh, special guest. Uh, should we mention the name uh, for next episode? Uh, we can leave it as a teaser, but it's uh, it's a it's a runner that won a medal at the at the World Champs in Switzerland this summer. Then you have something to look forward to. Thanks a lot for listening this week, and we will, as I said, be back next week. Bye bye. Mannen drar ut och löper orientering Med kart och kompass och med räktiga sko Sikta sågar är det bästa notering För kroppen var lätt och god I vår national orientering podcast Mapping compass, navigation skill Orientering competition Nej, man mött nog jävligt på Vad bossen här uppe Running like a motherfucker I vår national orientering podcast